Well, kia ora whanau. episode 52 is here, and what a fitting guest for episode 52, then one of the co-hosts of The Tapu 2, hopping on the show today, Herb Sherman, absolute legend. Um, he is, as I say, a co-host on The Tapu 2. He lives in the UK with his family, and he's an absolute lad. In this podcast, we unpacked his journey from growing up in New Zealand, to what he's doing now in the UK, to what he's doing with his uh, the project, the Tapu 2, with Nick R4, who hopped on episode 51. You're going to love this one. He's an absolute legend. We yarn for a bit. I know you're going to enjoy it. Kia ora. Nah, it's an honour to have you on, bro. Um, as, a, as last week, I think by the time this all drops, it'll kind of line up. But last week we had Nick on, and now we got the other co-host on the top of two. Um, sure. But um, bro, yeah, um, I'm stoked you've been able to join me at what's what's the time? Eight o'clock a.m. p.m. Yeah, it's in the p.m. now, bro. Mm. So you were the unlucky one; you had to get up early. <laughs> My Sunday, I was up till one watching the the ABs get beaten by South Africa. Oh, of so, course you were. So um, no, nah, we're still we're still recovering over here, bro. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not a rugby fan, so I've got no idea. Nick's that guy. Oh, Nick's that guy. Nah, you're all good. Yeah, you're yeah. all good. But um, <laughs> but yeah, bro. Um, how how you doing? How like g- genuinely in the times that we are in, bro? That's always a good question to ask, you know. And don't just give me the good answer, you know. I'm good. Um, I know wow. you know how to how to have those real chats, eh? But how are you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think I'm good. I um, I I live my life pretty much in the moment. And so with all the shit that's going on Mm. and everything that's occurring to us, uh, I'm adapting as well as I can. Uh, It's a bit of a struggle when uh, you find out that you struggle with ODD, Mm. which is uh, opposite defiance disorder. Disorder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I only figured that out when, um, uh, when the lockdowns hit. I never knew that I, I uh, had that disorder. Yeah. I knew I, I, I struggled with ADHD all my mm. life. And so uh, getting into lockdown, it wasn't until lockdown happened at work. And then all these things got imposed upon me. And then I wasn't applying myself to any of it because yeah. of the, the way that my head works. It was like, well, no, that's not happening. And no, you can't. And no, you won't. <laughs> and so it wasn't until my, <laughs> you know, after I'd had a conversation with my boss at work, because they, they started doing the mask mandates mm. and everything like that. And uh, so I'm, I was struggling and I, I have my own history. So there are exemptions for wearing masks in the UK. Right, and right. Uh, that moment in time, I had to go see my boss and tell her that I had an exemption for the mask. Um, uh, she knows the reason. I, I, I can say it. it. I've shared it on the top of two. Mm. So uh, you'll know, you'll pretty much get it to pick it up from there. So yeah, bit of PTSD from my past. Yeah, And so wearing a mask isn't really a, a great deal for me. Mm. It doesn't work. And so once I had that conversation with my boss, I, I had to go outside and spend 45 minutes and cry because mm. I didn't understand these feelings that I was feeling of wanting to just burn the place down yeah. because of all these things that were being imposed or, or trying to be imposed upon me. I, I, I was starting to rebel, like, and I, I, all these feelings came. I didn't know how to handle it. So yeah. I was, I'm calling my wife. I'm like, babe, I'm Help. standing out here and I'm in tears. And she, yeah, she's like, she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, she, she doesn't normally have to ask if I'm okay. 
like yeah. it's once every six months yeah. or it's yeah. once in a blue moon and she's like are you okay and i'm like ah, I, don't know, I don't know what i'm doing ah. i said she goes, you need to come home and i'm like ah. and um she goes that she's been pointing it out for years i just haven't listened mm. it's a marriage it's marriage of course mm. i'm not gonna listen to my mm. my beloved yeah and yeah. she's seen she's seen all the stuff she's lived with me and she's had to tolerate me for so many years so she goes you clearly know that you got adhd and i'm like yeah and she goes You've also got ODD. You work with these kids. Like I work with the kids who've got all the stuff. Yeah. Right. All, the, all the all the letters and they, they're on they're medicated before they come to school and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see it in others, but I could never see it in myself. True. So man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was blind to it. And now Absolutely. when you do some self-reflection and you look back even as what you were like as a kid or just as a teenager and stuff, are you like, ah, I can see it that. makes complete sense because if I I reflected on my my uh my childhood years and when I grew up. So I, I grew up in the, in the years where your parents left you at home by yourself. Mm. So I, I had a solo mum, and she spent most of her time at the pub when she wasn't at work. She had three jobs. Yeah. And so uh, I was left to my own devices. And at age eight, I was roaming. Mm. Like if people my age and in my age group, they know the word roam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're in oh, yeah. I grew up Grayland. You know, the word roam. Ponsby, <laughs> I grew up there roaming. Yeah. Yeah. And so at age eight, I'm down at the bottom of downtown in the city. Mm. At two o'clock in the morning, bro. Mm. Shucks, man. Because because my mum's at the pub. Yeah. Or my yeah. mum's at her third job. Or so yeah, yeah. there was no one there to look after me. She taught me how to cook for myself. Mm. She went off and did her thing. Mm. And love her. Greatest woman that I ever knew, mm. uh, by my wife, but uh, the worst, most incompetent parent ever. Yeah. And for you then, that's and what 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 it does is it it, it must when it translates to you being being a father, you know, you must look at your your mother you know, and go, what are the aspects that she did well? Because I'm sure there were some, hey. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and what can I avoid? What mistakes can I avoid making myself, you know, or or what can I foster for my own culture of raising my own family, you know? Yeah, absolutely. One of those things was um, my, my mother was quite, um, I'm adopted as well, so this is my adopted mother. My mm. mother was quite cold, uh, so I never really heard I love you. Mm. Uh, and when I did, it was like, oh, man. My, my heavens here um but i didn't hear those things not because she didn't love me is because she was of the the generation that was i go to work i feed you i clothe you put a roof over your head that's love yeah understood i get understood it. you know that's that that's her generation i get it you know and I, I don't hold that against her and so but when it came to my children um i wanted to not have them have to carry all the nonsense that i had to carry for my life because they're going to have their own baggage mm -hmm. um and uh i i wanted them to be you know ha have the ability to talk to me hmm. because i i was the one uh uh be seen but not heard do as i say but not as i do that was yeah. what my mum's yeah that was exactly and she said that she 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 openly said that to me mm. you know do as i say not as i do and and be seen but not heard and i went okay so yeah. i learned that what, well, how did that dynamic change, bro? When you got older with your with your mother, like I know I, I was I, I can't remember which topic or two you talked about her passing. Um, I think it coincided with nine eleven. That's what I remember I remember. That's that right? right. You got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, she died on uh, nine eleven, but uh, five years later. Yeah. So, so what, how did that relationship change, bro? As you got older, which which relationship with your mother and I? Yeah. Um, I think as I became a man, she started to mellow a bit. Uh, only slightly, but I think the real change came for her when she found that I'd found someone. Mm. 
So right. when she met my wife, she was head over heels over my wife. In fact, the most annoying shit that she would do <laughs> was she would call up the house, bro. And she'd go, oh, hi, son. And I'd go, hi, mum, how's everything? Oh, yeah, I've taken the dog for a walk and uh, yeah, had a shower. And la, la. Where's Anna? That's my wife. Yeah, yeah. And I went, well, she's, she's around. Go, yeah, can I speak to her? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Then. <laughs> and she'd call up to talk to my wife for like, Sad. For like half an hour. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. dude, why do you? I'm like, what's happening here? And then she'd get off the conversation with my missus. And I'll get I was like, oh, hey, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, right, son. I'll see you later. I'm like, what's <laughs> going on? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what really happened, our relationship, I guess, started to bloom once I got married. And she knew that she didn't have to look after me anymore. Mm. So mm. we almost, I think we almost moved into that territory of friends. Yeah, that's and that's a really cool territory, man. Like even when I hit my 20s, when I started seeing that with my own whānau and with my own parents, it was like, well, it's kind of cool. It is like, you know, being friends with your parents, you know? Yeah. And uh, so um, we came into that realm and then, but unfortunately, you know, she only lived the year after our, our, our um, after we got married and then she passed. Hmm. So, but she, she went out with a bang and, uh, out, hmm. you know, I remember her well, again, like I say, she's the greatest person or greatest woman that I ever knew. She was just a really terrible parent. Hmm. Absolutely useless. Yeah. Yeah, or rest, rest in love. Um, That's it. And 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 you know, like, it's funny, eh? It's it, it's interesting, bro. What's your take on this? Is how we all have roles in society. You know, like you're you're wearing the hat as of a teacher, of a parent, of a friend, of a whatever. You know, just think of all the roles you have in your life. And it's and it's interesting how I could see you maybe as the most amazing friend. Like there is no friend better than than Herb. But then you could be a shit teacher or I don't know, or you could be a shit parent. <laughs> it's funny eh, how you can have really good roles in some areas. Yeah. Because we got to look at it holistically, right? Like um, not letting one area define the whole of who of you course. are. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Because a lot of people will use their job as their, what defines them. Hmm. And, and I don't. Um, I think if I'm brutally honest, what does... It doesn't necessarily define me, but what I appreciate the most out of the roles that I wear is the one of husband and father. Mm. For me, those roles mean something to me. Mm. Um, that it means something to me what my wife thinks of me. It means something to me what my um, kids think of me. And eventually, you know, when I get to old age, I hope that my my kids will say, "Oh, I was, we're proud that you were my dad." Mm. And you know, I've done a piss poor job several times, bro. And but. I really hope that one day that they will go, okay, you know, he really was terrible in these areas, <laughs> but he was a great dad. You know, yeah. I, I hope that if I don't get that, then I don't get that. But yeah. That, well, and, and, and in a way you can control that, but also you can't control that, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. It's interesting. You say that, like I've got, um, I'm at the age now where all my mates are having babies, you know? And um, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird how like, watching my friends i've got like it's it's actually very strange bro that all of my i've got about six mates that have either just had or having babies and they're all yeah. girls as well so oh, wow. you, you can already i can already tell you they're gonna be a group of divas although like they're, all the girls they're, they're blessed mate they're blessed i've got three boys and i want a girl oh hey yeah yeah, yeah. Bro. yeah bro. oh it's gonna be interesting um they're all gonna be mates i can already tell you the boys are gonna be <laughs> the front packs at golf or wherever we go and hang out. But um, it's, it's really interesting watching someone become a father, you know, or mm -hmm. become yep. a mother. Um, 
yeah, it's it's a very because there's so many different approaches. Like I had one mate who just totally switched on. I'm gonna do this, gonna do that, ready to go, and he just had his his um, baby. But then I've got another mate who's like he knows what he's doing, but he's kind of in denial. He's like, yeah, mate, like I'll come watch the NFL. I'll come around your place. I'll just bring I'll just bring little Mila with me. That's yeah. like, hey, are you sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we 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 made a we made a choice um that we would our kids would adapt to our lifestyle. Mm. Um, and that we wouldn't make our life about our children. I know that kind of sounds a little bit off, but you know, uh, I think if they can adapt to, because we we're busy people, me and my wife, we do stuff inside, outside, work, um, social stuff. We're we're always busy, so we just made sure that the kids were um, they adapted to our lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Did you have your boys in New Zealand or in the UK? Uh, uh, UK. They've they've never met my um, biological family. In person right right right, right. Yeah, <laughs> t- 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 that's 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 full on that's actually full on my sister did come over uh when i when we had our first child and he was six months so in, in theory they have met but he doesn't remember a damn thing so uh, nah, nothing counts never, under five right there you go so my family really haven't met my my kids is that a priority for you uh only as much as them knowing that they've got family um i think i'm quite nomadic by nature anyway and uh just being brutally honest my my family can be very dysfunctional mm-hmm. and so i can i personally can only handle them for a certain amount of time and i'm sure they feel the same way um and then i need respite and then i can come back again mm-hmm. so you know I get, I get on with a few of my my um direct family and i'd love for my boys to meet them uh I, there was a moment where i thought you know when when they were really young it's like oh yeah i want them to you know to know the, their culture and then my whole mindset changed on that a bit more when um yeah when i saw that how people can take culture and turn it and it becomes their identity i think i've shared that before as well on top two but mm-hmm. when when people's cultures become their identity you you then your whole framework is based on that identity yeah and so then you approach things from that culture. Mm. And I, I started to learn for me personally that my culture is just an expression. It's an extra. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't, my culture actually doesn't define who I am. My identity is a lot bigger than that and a lot deeper than that. And so um, I don't ever want to be framing, doing my framework of life just based on my culture because it's so narrow mm. and I want to, I want to, I want a broader experience of life. It's so interesting. Thing, I, it's I, interesting you say that, hey, because it's me and Nick t- talked about that. Who he hopped on recently and um, said the same thing. Like, um, even me as a, as a Palangi, as a white, as a Pakia, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to identify what your culture is. And then we we, were, we actually tried to narrow it down in the conversation. And we talked about well, growing up in Fangamata, you know, growing up near the beach and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you're right. Like your identity, your your identity is you. You know. Yeah. You yeah, herb, herb is That's your identity, true. you know, and 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 being Maori is your expression of that, right? Correct. That's how um, I frame it. That's good. That's a good. That's interesting framing. I think the, the way I got where I, the, the reason I got to that kind of framing was because I got sick of the bullshit that people who were social justice warriors would come by and yeah. use me as a minority to frame their political push. And that shit pisses me right off. So mm. if you start using the minority for your political nonsense, 
it then started to really wind me up. And so I, I'm like, oh, you know, and the Maori, we're really oppressed. Dude, I'm not, I'm not oppressed. I've mm. never been oppressed. Mm. I don't know what mm. oppression looks like. Yeah. I've been poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, and the Maori, they've been, they've been dragged down and they don't have the opportunities. I had every opportunity available. I was just a lazy prick. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I didn't understand the work ethic in becoming something that I wanted to become. I didn't know what that looked like because I didn't experience any of that. And my circles of influence didn't have any of that in it. Mm. So, you know, if, if you come from a, a, a poor background, you, you have poor influence, you know, gangs and, and violence and all that. You know what I mean? It's normal around the world. It's not even a cultural thing. It's just, it's just poverty. It is what and it so, is. Yeah. It is what it is. And so, yeah, that, that's pretty much what got my back up was when people were using that, those kind of um, ideas and ideals to push. And then people would start reacting and, and treating me differently, like trying to be kind and stuff or mm. nice. I, I didn't want that. I didn't earn that. I didn't earn your respect. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I didn't I didn't earn that. You don't you don't owe me a damn thing. Mm. Your people, your people didn't kill my people. That was mm. my ancestors. Yeah. You, you didn't do nothing to me. I don't yeah. blame you. Yeah. You know, whoever, if you're if you're white and I'm brown, like I've got no problem with you because it's not about our colors. It's like let's just get on. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'll earn from you, you earn from me. Respect. Mm. And I think, you know, and to jump on what you're saying there, like um, I think for me as a as a white guy, you know, as a white male, I have a I, I this is just me personally, you know, I, I'm not speaking for everyone, but I feel like I have a responsibility to understand Titiriti or Waitangi, to understand right. the 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 history of of our country and stuff like that. That's just what I think. I think actually it doesn't matter if I'm white, actually, even if you're Maori. If you're Asian, exactly. living in New Zealand, I, I think just yeah, that's the history of our land. But something like that kind of relates to what you're saying is um, what starts to happen, doesn't matter what ethnicity, Maori, Samoan, Palangi, whatever, um, that you'll start to get categorized eh, as like, oh, herb bro, Maori, Maori people don't do that. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Maori people don't do that. So why are you doing that? Uh, yeah. You know, and that's where culture overtakes well, you know, they put culture in front of personality, but I like exactly. doing that stuff or this thing exactly. or you know, expressing myself that way. Yeah. So in, in my teenage years, uh, I spent a lot of time with, with white people as well. And then they introduced me to cafeterias. So going to a cafe, you know, mm. when you're 12 and 13, yeah. you're like, what the hell is this? I don't know this life. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I like this. This is cool. I go to a cafe, I drink some coffee. I was like, yeah, I don't even like coffee. <laughs> but um, Oh, you're one of those I, ones, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, oh, when your rich friends are buying you drinks, bro, oh, I have a drink. I ain't com- complaining. No, no, I'd rather have the nachos, but if you're going to buy the drink, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and so as, as I got into my later teens, I started taking my Polynesian friends to cafes because they'd never been. Yeah. You know, they all grew up in Otara and Papatoi and out south. Mm. And so I was just like, hey, boys, we'll go and we'll get some gaming in. And then we'll head out and we'll go to a cafe and get something to eat. A cafe. And you could see the, the anxiety that it built into them when we yeah. walked into this place. So I'd walk in with my head up and I'm like, yeah, I'm going for them freaking three in the morning nachos with chicken. I'm like, yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah. And then and then we get the big bowl of uh, hot chocolate with the, the chocolate fish. Let's do this, man. <laughs> yeah. And then and then the boys, the boys would be like, oh, um, how do you do this? Like, and, and I had to teach them how to order. Yeah. And I had yeah, to man. teach them how to, how to sit in public mm. and be seen. Because, because as Polynesians, sometimes we feel fakama, like you're yeah, like you're being looked for at, sure, like for sure. You know, are you judging me? And but the problem is, we we bring that upon ourselves as well because we judge so harshly, and we judge our own 
the harshest. Mm. Mm. It's it's actually very interesting you say that, bro. I um I did a podcast um straight after the be a whole BLM thing blew up, the George Floyd yeah. and all of that stuff yeah. last year. Um, and I had two of my good friends, Makawaru, who is Māori, and I had uh, Brian Toliafor, who's someone, and myself, mm-hmm. and we just had a dialogue, right? Um, but something Brian Toliafor said um, was, you know, when we're looking at issues around social justice and, and racial justice and stuff like that, um, he was he was saying, you know, this is his words, but he was saying, you know, as much as we could sit here and go, you know, white people, you need to understand this and that, um, my own people, we need to understand some things. Hello. Hey. Yeah. Um, uh, absolutely. I agree because going back to the point that I made that I was never, ever, never, I can't recall one time I was ever oppressed or looked down upon by a white person, but I have been looked down upon by my own people and I have been tall poppied by my own people and I haven't, I haven't been good enough by my own people. Hmm. So that says a lot to me. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I know that's not the experience for all brown people, but there are a majority of us out there that have experienced this. We just don't talk about it. Yeah. Or we just we take it on as it's cultural. Yeah, it's not. yeah, yeah, bro. You're just the man to get on for a podcast, bro. And I know you do this with Tapu too, but the honesty and vulnerability and straight upness—that's what people need to hear and want to hear. And we don't do it enough, man. And you just talk about tall poppy, like that's huge in New Zealand, man. I don't know what it's yeah. like over in the UK. Maybe the same. It's not. It's no, not. We don't. No, no. There's no tall poppy over here. What maybe. is that, bro? What do you think that is? Why do we as a culture over here? Yeah. Have this thing of like when there is success, you want to humble the person who is succeeding. It's it it is a terrible, a terrible, terrible thing that that uh, that in itself expression or culture or approach is completely horrible, and we almost own it like it's a thing. It's like yeah yeah we're quite proud of this. It's nothing to be proud of, man. I came I came to the UK as a foreigner, an immigrant. And this country has provided me with so much um, experience and uh, so it, being back home, okay, I'm just going to relate, relate to being back home. Back yeah. home, I had to work 60 hours to make ends meet, hmm. right? No qualifications, just your, your dumb brownie that just never, they dropped out of school and, you know, does security, you know what I mean? Just do all that stuff, you know? With the red badge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do that, bro. And, you know, work 60 to 80 hours a week just to make your your ends meet and, mm. and and pay your bills and eat your food when i came here the opportunities the opportunities the way that the 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 workplace and the people here look at you if you are competent mm. you, you're the, the world is your oyster right they, they if you're competent here so like i've still got no qualifications whatsoever mm. but when i met my my current boss who and i've been there for over a decade now he said to me Yep, like your personality. I'm going to write your um, job description right now in front of you. It took him 10 minutes. He mm. created a job around my personality. Wow. Yeah. And 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 then he said, right, what do you what do you want? And I said, I want this amount. And he went, got it, no problem. And the negotiations were like, I didn't have to, I didn't have to be anyone. I wasn't ashamed of who I I was. I just had to say, this is what I'm offering. What do I get in return? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's very interesting, bro. Cause like, I mean, I can speak, I mean, I can't speak for others, but I kind of can in the sense of the perception of the UK is not that man. Hey, eh? <laughs> like, I mean, I haven't been there. I'm sure when people go there, they don't, but maybe it's the media narrative. Maybe it's the narrative of just like 
the whole, you know, colonizer thing. But the perception is of the UK is, I don't want to offend anyone listening. I'm not trying to offend you, but just yeah, 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 the snobs live there. No, I, I get it. I get do, it. Do you know um, what I mean? I, I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying that's the perception is, you know, the UK are quite, you know. Yeah, but, I, I, I think that, um, so when I first came here, I, I traveled the world for two years before I even settled. Mm. And I, I went around the world, traveled a whole bunch of um, countries and enjoyed myself. And I, I stopped through England on two occasions, three occasions, and two of them were on a month um, span. And I got to see firsthand how, how weird and wacky the country is. Um, and, you know, there were things that rubbed me up the wrong way being a Kiwi. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I, I'm like, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, but as far as, because it's an economic country um, and it's a, it's a very push focus, like society where, you know, making money is a thing. Mm. Um, and everybody can make money if you, if you know how to, if you just, if you just apply yourself, you can make mm. money here and you can live and you, I own a house, mm. you know, um, I'd never own a house like this back home in, in New Zealand. Which part of England so, are you in, bro? I'm in the southeast of uh, England in the, the county of Kent, which is one of the most expensive places oh, to true. own a house. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. How strange. Poor little brown snotty-nosed kid you know, yeah. <laughs> over here. And then, you know, I marry a, a Kentish rose. And, uh, I, I, you know, we bought a house and I've got a job that I can pay a mortgage. Who would have thought that? But mm. the, the opportunities here. Yeah, I get it. You know, you can kind of think, yeah, that's where the snobs are. Because all we really know England for is television. Like, Oh hello! Yeah, hello. waistcoats <laughs> and tall hats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? What is the time, yeah. sir? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm a cup of tea, cucumber, cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Either that or clean. either that or Green Street hooligan vibes, like yeah, thug yeah. fighting over football games and. <laughs> oh, blood! Let's go. You know what I mean? They're just like proper cockney. Yeah. yeah. So and and yeah. I think our main people group that we grew up kind of being influenced by was America when we were back in New Zealand. Our television programs, mm. our, our movies, everything's very American kind of driven there. Mm. And so England was just kind of like over there. But yeah, if if anyone comes to England and they decide they want to apply themselves, you can you can make it here. You can mm. live here. You can do well here. Wow, man. What? Because you said you traveled the world, right, bro? What was yeah. that? Well, obviously you've kind of explained why you settled in England, which is really cool. Um, but what was that? What was that experience for you traveling around different countries? Um, what did it take? What did it kind of teach you as well? Because something happens and when you when you Absolutely. experience experience not your own backyard, you know. Me and Nick talked about it. He talked about the mindset of when he went to London to um, London, wherever it was, to um, no. Ukraine. <laughs> was it you? <laughs> The Ukraine, huh? Well, where's his family from? I can't remember. But, oh, Croatia. Croatia. That's the yeah. One. He went to Croatia, but when he even when he went to England to live to to to, uh, to do linking stuff, but he talked about how it's such a and I feel the same. Coming from a small town, Fongamata, mm. you know, yeah. leaving your area is huge. Leaving your country is like it's big mind thinking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's. I don't think it, we're naturally wired in New Zealand to think I'm going to go everywhere. Sure. You know? Maybe not in all, yeah. maybe some areas of New Zealand, but not every area of New Zealand, you know? Yeah, I think we we, we have a tendency to want to explore, mm. though, no mm. matter how big or Rome, but not settle. Exactly. And that's the thing. You want to roam, you want to check it out, you want to check out the cultures, you want to check out the chicks, 
You want to check out the food. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to get around and have looks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, moving, uh, traveling around the world for two years opened my eyes to how small New Zealand really is. Right. Uh, and I mean that in the best way, but it just New Zealand is like like this. And it's, you know, this is your whole world. Mm. and you know and there's nothing outside of that whole world and you're like when you when you experience i've, I've been to africa twice man when you experience true pro- poverty when you experience true lack when you experience what life looks like when you have to sleep like you get billeted somewhere right back in new zealand it looks like you go and stay at someone's house yeah i i got billeted in the sense over in africa and i slept on a bed with two other grown-ass men yeah. so, you know what i mean yeah. And, yeah. and they they didn't wash and they yeah. smelt yeah. and it was great yeah. and i loved it <laughs> yeah. and and i went and i went and slept in a mud hut you yeah. know what i mean and there were elephants walking by the um the boundaries and Me. in order in order to go to the toilet uh it was like um it was a, it was a stone's throw to get to the toilet but lions walked through that passage from going from the house to the toilet so you had to go with a group of people to the toilet together no matter what time of the night it was like you're Holy not going to go by yourself yeah. exactly yeah so you think this is this is this is living now <laughs> yeah. you know and then you spend time with you know again i spent time with people group and uh i was woken up to this really loud noise in the mud huts and uh, it was a christian group of people so yeah. um it was like three or four o'clock in the morning and i could hear the screaming and yelling so I get up, man. And I, I'm being proper. I've got my camera, man. So I'm I'm cruising around trying to take. I'm like, I'm not going over that way because that's where the lions are. <laughs> I don't want to go over there because I don't want to get trampled by an elephant. Yeah. So I'm gonna take this kind of side route and walk around the boundary of the the mud hut and walk around. And I got to this little little mud space out in the, out the back of the the boundary, and there were four people there praying their hearts out. Wow. At, at four at three yeah. four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then I said to the guy. I said, what are you guys up to? And he goes, we're praying. I went, what are you praying for? He goes, oh, um, witches fly over the fly over the, the crops and curse yeah. the crops. They, and I went, what, as in like on a broomstick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, they're, they're men, they're naked, and they fly over the crops and they curse the crops. I was like, I can't even process what you just said to me. Like, But they're so desperate to look after their crops. They physically seen people flying. Mm. what do you how do you you don't hear that kind bro of thing, do you know do you know you're touching on something because like i'm keen to i'm keen at some point in this conversation to, to talk about what you have been doing with topic two which is amazing but one thing sure. you've started to talk about a little bit is mysticism yeah absolutely, and yeah. and and bro like we're talking about um you know getting out how small new zealand is first world problems <laughs> um but when you get out into the world bro like people here will hear you say that and go Oh, Brad's got a nutter on. Exactly. But it's not like, here's the thing. Like people that listen to this know I'm, I'm a Christian too. And um, bro, I mean, I remember going to Vanuatu. Yeah. See, now um, you're talking. A couple of times, Vanuatu and uh, beautiful. And I'm not talking, and can I just make a note of this too? I mean, if you're saying you go to a country and you've been to, say, I've been to Fiji, I've been to Samoa, I've been to Tonga, I've been to, have you been or have you been to the resort? Just exactly. side note. Just a side exactly. note. Have you experienced exactly. the, the you know the whitewashed view or the the yeah. real you know? So like you exactly. say, living in the mud huts, we were in the village, you know. Yeah, hanging out on the on the on the on the rubbish dumps, living off the, the land with, with, the, with the glue with the crew, the glue sniffing kids. Come on. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's where it's at, bro. And um, but they would tell me, you know, like watch out for dogs where 
if their their elbows are pointed the other way. Yes, humans in it. They're humans they and the dog. The the, the, the yeah, dogs yeah, yeah. Are, are are demons. Watch yeah. out for them. They talked about um you know um oh I could say so much. I could say so much, bro. There's a lot there, but it's um yeah for the for for for, for this is for Van, for Nivan Vanuatu. <laughs> it's just normal, you know. It's normal. Yeah. Like oh yeah, these guys are witch doctors. Yeah, I remember we went to this place. We're going around village to, uh kind of areas in the village, like praying for people, kind of thing, you know. And yeah. um and um and just giving help and stuff. And I remember this one little boy was 10 years old, but looked like he was four and he was wow. quite de- deformed, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and um, the mo- he was fine. Chill. But the moment we started praying for him, screaming, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like freaky screaming, you know, we find out later his mom and dad are witch doctors. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, I, I do. Um, I, I met the same kind of processes over in Africa. In fact, we, we took an, a Vanuatu, Vanuatu, I don't even know. You say. Nivan, you say? Okay, well, okay. we took one of the bros <laughs> <laughs> from from Vanuatu. We took him over. Uh, he was up with us in Africa, and yeah. um, he he was telling me stories, and, and uh, I share it on the top of two as well. And his name's Gordon, and uh, about his ancestor, he's got an ancestor that lives in the ocean, and when someone dies on the land, the ancestor is made of a, a, a plinth of stone, and it rises to the the surface of the water and runs along the stone. Uh, sorry, runs along the water, and then when the when the ancestor lies down and then falls flat, the person on the land dies uh, parallel to with it, and wow. he's seen it with his own eyes. <clears throat> I can only say I believe you. Like, yeah. I, like I, what I, reason I, has he got to lie to you? Yeah, yeah, mate. The guy had never seen um, uh, streetlights until he came overseas with us. Mm. He lived off chicken and chips. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Homemade yeah. chicken and chips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The geezer didn't hardly speak any any English, you know what I mean? So my guy's telling me this. I'm like, I believe you. But it, just, yeah, mysticism. I, I love that stuff. Why do I you think, uh, what, what what would you say to people? And and it's normally Westerners, because all sorts of people will listen, will, will listen to this podcast, right? And and people know we're all love here, you know? We're just speaking yeah, right. speaking the truth. Um, the people that listen to that right now and, and just go, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? What, what, what's your what's your kind of because hey we were both that person one time absolutely in a way you know? yeah yeah i think um i think it's healthy to be skeptical um i think it's healthy to question everything but i also think it's healthy to have an open mind and a possibility that your little worldview of how you see things could possibly be a lot more expanded if you wanted it to be mm. um i get that science has disproven most of our um superstitious cycles of things that we used to do i get that hmm. but there are things that are un, undiscovered and unstudied and you know they're not studied that we still need to explore um levitation you know like just loads of stuff you know what i'm saying like there's hmm. there's, there's loads of hey, stuff. Bro, I, I definitely can hear that you've been to africa bro yeah yeah <laughs> hey. i love it there bro it's one of my favorite places whereabouts were you in, in africa what i part? went to i went to kenya twice uh oh, awesome mombasa nairobi the township that I went to was Mwakitao. Uh, uh, it's down near uh, Mombasa, Nakuru. Yeah, I went to a bunch of places, bro. Loved it. Mm. Loved the food. Loved the people. Yeah. It was deep, bro. Yeah, I think um, I think I don't mind saying this. I, I mean, early days in the podcasting, I would always be kind of hesitant to kind of share tidbits like this. What I'm about sure. to say, but I think um, I think what the the difference between the West and the 
You want to say east, but it's not east. What is it? What is it? The what west and the the west and the rest, you know, is yeah, um yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> you think about it, eh? Like never eat soggy wee bits. I always do that for the, the compass. Um yeah. is um I think whatever you want to call it, the enemy, the devil, whatever. Um yep. distraction in our western world, you know? Yep. Yep. Hiding the hiding that stuff by being distracted in the, the TVs and the medias and the the just the lifestyle we have. Whereas over there, it's not distraction. So it's everyone's everyone knows. Yep. You've got to believe for your next meal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's life or death. Exactly. The, the thing with the thing with the Western world, you know, and I don't blame it because I love the West. I love I love what we get to enjoy. Hundred percent in the West. But um, your success is measured in the West by how intelligent you are, by your brain. And that sucks mm. because we're, we're more than that as a human being. And when you experience, um, when you experience things are in other countries, they don't just live in that whole literalism or um, literalism. That's it. We live in literalism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, and, and you don't want to, people are scared because if you can't prove it with science, then it doesn't exist. Then it's not a it's not a thing. And you know, so your success in Western world is based on how much you know, your knowledge, blah blah blah. And so we throw out the baby with the bathwater because we're we're greater than that. Just that one perspective of life. Mm, yeah, and and you know what we do is we, in your degree, and you've travelled, so you've seen this happen. But we write off, like you know, intelligent Westerners will go. We'll hear a bunch of you know people in Africa praying for witches to you know not fly over and go, oh they're a bunch of idiots then aren't they? And they yeah. instantly go because of their because of what they've seen and what they believe mysticism wise. Yep. They're not as intelligent as we are. Yep. Hey. And it's only it's only because yeah they're not as intelligent as we are. And if I if I stick up for the West just a little bit, we used to have mysticism in the West. Right. The, the the monks and and priests used to sit in caves and pray and they would levitate mm. and like they would practice the presence of God and whatever Ish. that looks like. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like they set their life to that. And people say, Well, that's foolish. How do they eat? Was their money? You know, you know, what kind of life is it? Why haven't they got families? And I, I get it. But there was a time within the Western world. It was probably about the same time that we were burning women at the stake for being witches. Oh yeah. Do you know what I'm? Yeah, exactly. We we, we made poor decisions, but again, I'll just take that a little bit further. That's only because when you politicize something like the church, it then divides people and then it control and all that kind of nonsense carries on. So I hate stuff being politicized. Hundred percent. Well. Yeah, I can tell. I've listened to a couple of episodes. <laughs> um, but it's good. I, I wonder for you, man, because obviously like one of the, <clears throat> the elements of this podcast is the deep dive into into you, but also the, the Talanoa. But I'm wondering for you, what started this journey into, um, what would you say, spirituality or, or just kind of understanding, yeah, breaking out of the kind of the the, the Western view of kind of our own, you know, limited thing was, did you grow up in the church scene or did you, how did you get in, into that stuff, bro? How did you kind of start to become a great aware? Question. Yeah, yeah, this is a great question. 
the reason this is a great question is because now I have to share my story. <laughs> Unlucky. We got there. We got there. We got there. So ah. um, basically, um, I became a Christian at age 11. Um, I then uh, was a Christian for 20, 25 years. Uh, I then became disgruntled with Christianity because I discovered that I was really good at churching, but I didn't know God. And so I then became an atheist, a full-blown atheist for two years. Right. Um, and I gave up. I basically just said, right, God, you're not real. All the stuff that they've talked about for years in the pulpit about you doing this, this, and this. And, you know, the Jesus they talk about, all the mystical stuff, uh, bollocks. I'm out. And the thing that really played my, my um, really played me off was there was one scripture that really bothered me. And it was the story of the Amalekites. And uh, it says in there, there's a, just a, a section, if you just read through it, you, know, you don't have to put too much into it, but it says, it basically was saying that God commanded the death of every man, woman, child, infant, male, animal, you know, and you can almost just bypass it that they, it said infant. And so at that time, um, I was about to have my first child. And so that really rubbed me up the wrong way. And I was like, ah, so if God could kill children back then, he could kill my child now. So I basically went, fuck you, I'm out. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to do with that God. I'd rather go to hell. And I settled right at that moment. I said, I'm done. I'm done with God. Yeah. Because that's the kind of God that he always was. That's the kind of God who he is. And I'd come to terms with that. I know people are going to struggle with that. Um, but I'm just, that's my journey. Hey, it's so, real. It's real, bro. Yeah. So I spent um, two years uh, unlearning my Christianity. Uh, I reached out to some atheists who had uh, made the journey from Orthodox Jew to atheist or Christian to atheist. So they've been, they've been come through about for 20 years now. So they'd make that or pastor to atheist. I thought, well, there seems to be a thing. There's yeah. stuff going on here. And um I spent some time with my mate Adam, who's a, a Jew, who uh, became an atheist, and we we talked and we talked and we talked and we I, I unpacked stuff, and the main thing that was really difficult for me to unpack was the the idea of hell. So I still had a fear of this God that sends people to hell, and and so uh, the whole baby thing, God sending people to hell. I'm like I, I really don't like this character. I'm not, I don't like, you know, and I was really honest. And I was brutally honest. This is 2010. I came to terms with these things. And then um, I, <laughs> you're on Facebook, right? So like I, we get to 2014, I think that's when it started. And then I made my decision 2012. And yeah. by 2014, I'm like, right, I'm fully blown atheists. I'm still going to church because my wife is still a christian and and the kids are in church and the church is great they're good people they're genuine they knew that i was an atheist they didn't they didn't extradite us <laughs> they didn't throw us out. yeah they, great kind yeah, later they <laughs> they, they love they love me for me they love my family for who they were and they just they just supported us it didn't matter that i was an atheist mm. it was great <clears throat> um so we get through that part now i'm on facebook 2014 i'm on facebook and i'm watching um you know you watch the feed and then randomly this 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 story comes up and it's these guys at a um these american chaps and they're at a um at a fair i'm not sure what you would call it back home like at the, at, um, the Easter show. oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 
I don't know what they call Becca. I can't remember. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so like it's a fair, but, yeah. but um, that's what we call it here. Um, and, you know, the, with the wheels and whatever. Yeah, yeah, we call it. We call it a fair. Yeah, you call it a fair. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's been so long, but bro, how long, bro? What happened to you? Seventeen years, bro. <laughs> I forgot the terminology. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> Not on purpose. It just happens. Yeah. Um, so they go to this fair, right? Um, and uh, they they pull up on this. There's three of them, and one of them's wearing a, a ten gallon hat, and his name's Texas John. I was like, oh yeah, this. I go, what is this? Is this a prank? Like, I, you know, I'm watching the prank. Yeah. Anyway, they pull up on a guy, and this guy's got tattoos, and you know, just looks like a normal bloke, like one of us. And they they pull up on him and say, hey man, you, you look like you're walking a bit funny. He goes, he goes, oh yeah, I got a bad back. And he goes, oh okay, got a bad back. And um, he goes, guess what? My mate Texas John here can make your bad back go away. And I'm like, what are they gonna do to this guy? What's happening? What's this prank, yeah, poor yeah. fella? And um. So they get him to stand about five feet away. And then the Texas John makes the, the, uh, the picture of a gun with his hand. And he goes, you ready? And the guy goes, yeah. And he goes, like that, he doesn't even say anything. Just like, like, he, like he pulls the trigger with his, with his fingers. And he goes, check your back. And then he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, bend over, touch your toes. He goes, I can't. He goes, bend over, touch your toes. The guy bends over, touches his toes. Absolutely pain-free. Mm. My man stands up and you could see. So you, you genuinely know when people are feeling something or experience something, it's no, nothing put on. There's yeah. no atmosphere. Yeah. There's nothing like no keys in the background. There's no keys. There's no, <laughs> there's no hallelujahs or nothing. <laughs> and then I, I kind of figure out that this is a Jesus thing, whatever's going on here as an atheist. So um, you can see the guy's face. He's elated. And now you can see it welling up. And he's touching his toes again. He's like, oh my gosh, because I haven't been able to touch my toes in eight months. They've pulled me off work because of the, 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 I, I messed my back up from a, a fall and stuff fell on me or something like that. Mm. And now he's completely healed. And, and I was just like, wait, what? What's going on? Anyway, they, they leave the guy after talking to him and he, they, they separate ways. And then the, the, the video goes on for like another 20 minutes. And then they see him again, the same guy. And, and um He's, he's over in the distance and they, they got the camera on him and they could see the guy he's talking to a lady so a lady's sitting down and and this guy's talking over it and you could see like he's like irate talking to this like he's like trying to tell a story about what's going on he's like yes man what's happening and you <laughs> could see what was going on and you could just you know make out what's happening anyway they, they bowl over and they, they um uh they go okay what, what's happening he goes oh this is my mum and they go uh okay oh, okay cool and she goes, she's in pain um arthritis and they go, oh, he goes, can you do the thing that you did to me and take her pain away? And they go, no. And he goes, what? He goes, you're going to do it. Yeah. I was like, uh. so now I started messing with my head yeah. because I'm like, wait, what? Mm -mm. He doesn't know them. He doesn't have anything to do with them. How is he going to do the thing that they just did to him? Yeah. I don't get this. <clears throat> anyway, so long story short, um, they just get him to, to pray after them. And he does it. It's like really simple prayer. Three seconds. Bam, bam, bam. Mm. And they, like the mum's got a fag hanging out of her, of her yeah, mouth. Like she's got right. a cigarette. Yeah. Got the sticky yeah, issues like, yeah. And, and they go, are you in any pain? She goes, I'm always in pain. Like like a proper mum. I'm, I'm always in pain. Yeah. Are you busy? I'm and always then, busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always yeah. And so, and then they go, well, where are you in pain the most? She goes, in my hands. And they go, well, check your hands. And she goes, you can see she's rolling her eyes. And then she closes her hands. And then she makes the face of, wait, what? Yeah. That, wait, yeah. what? Anyway. Her pain completely leaves her at that moment in time. Like, I don't know, I can't follow on after that, but her pain leaves. 
they then put the camera back to the guy and the guy who's done the thing is now in tears because his mum's like, what? And so now he's bawling his eyes out. So, okay, this is where I get around with the story. So after seeing that, as an atheist and as a Christian, I'd never experienced that. And I grew up Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I and that's that's normal in the house. Yeah, exactly. And I'd and I, I'd been prayed for, never fallen over, I had the whole lot. Yeah. Like and whatever. Then I thought, oh my God, monkey see, monkey do. That's what I thought in my head. Yeah, yeah. So I went to work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. And I'm messing around. So like I'm like, okay, so how does it how did it work? There was no, there was no script, there was no yeah. It was just just this, this, this faith just yeah. looked like this, really simple. And um, there was a guy, I was standing on the door and um, one of my work colleagues came up to me and he, he'd had back pain for 13 years, um, degenerative back issues, uh, take six medication just to alleviate the pain. That day he hadn't taken his meds mm. and he was sitting right next to me. And I was just like, okay, I said, can I try something? I just, I'll make it, I thought I'm going to make it up because they look like they made it up. So I'm going to make it up. I said, can I try something? And he went, yeah. And he goes, will it hurt? And I went, no. And I go, what's your pain at? And he goes, eight out of 10 today. I was like, shit. So I take my finger and make the gun, the gun <laughs> sign. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I put it on his hip. Yeah. And I just waited. I just stood there waiting. And then I went like that. <laughs> I, I pulled the trigger. You pulled the trigger. Yeah, yeah. And um, I said, can you touch your toes? He goes, I can't because I haven't been able to touch my toes in like years. I said, just try and touch your toes. My guy touches his toes. He's pain-free. Shacks, man. So this, is as an, this, this is as an atheist, bro. Yeah, yeah. So for now to speed it along, hmm. for 11 weeks, I'm healing people in the name of Jesus at my work hmm. and, and on the street. Yeah. And randomly, just a whole bunch of random stuff. So I get to week 11 and I could tell you some stories about what went on with it. It was just crazy nuts. stories. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So I get to week 11 and I've had this picture in my head of one of my friends who's an atheist. And so I, I call him up. I say, hey, I've had a picture of you in my head. It's really weird, but I want to come around and see you. And he went, okay. Went around to see him. And um, his he had an operation on his leg and his leg stays at 90 degrees. Right. Uh, yeah, from, okay. so from his foot to his leg stays at 90 degrees. It can't, it can't um, yeah, right. flex yeah. or rebound. And so I go, right, I just want to try something. And he went, okay. So I put my hands just over the top of his leg, not even touching his legs. Now, while I was there, the whole house is chaotic. Uh, the kids are screaming. He's got two dogs running around. It's just <laughs> loud. The whole, it's just like a proper chaos. Yeah, yeah. And so I've got my hands just hovering over the top of his leg. He's taking the piss. He's, yeah. like, he's like, oh, he's like, what's happening here? Like, la, 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 la. Are you trying to do some voodoo? You know? Like, he's really, really digging it in. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, like, so I've got my hands over. Then... In an instance, like 30 seconds, dead silent. The whole house went dead silent. Wow. He stopped talking. The dog stopped running. I couldn't even hear the kids. So I, I wasn't paying any attention because I had a cup of tea in my other hand and I was just drinking it yeah. while I had my hand over the top of his leg, <laughs> not touching, just hovering. And then I, I, I became aware that the, the whole house had got silent. Mm. So I lifted my head and I looked at him and he wasn't taking the piss anymore. In fact, he had his head in his hand, rubbing his his brow and yeah. and like i could see that he, it was almost an anguish yeah and so i went bro do you want me to stop because if this is if this is causing you pain or if this is really awkward i can just bail i, I don't want to you know put you in a 
weird situation. And, you know, he dropped his tone. He was like, nah, man, just, just, just carry on. I was like, okay, so if you don't want me to leave, can you tell me what's happening? Yeah. And he goes, you're not touching my leg. And I went, I know I'm not touching your leg. He goes, but I can feel hands on my leg and my foot moving up and down. Yeah. Shucks. How do you process that? Yeah. I couldn't process that. I stood up and left. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm an atheist and this stuff's occurring. Yeah. An atheist healing people in the name of Jesus, though I didn't really kind of connect with that. And I just bailed. I was like, mm. I said, too weird for me. I'm out. And he laughed and I was gone. Yeah. So that's week 11. Just to, now this ties it all together. Week 12. He decides to come around the house, bring some pizza and some Fanta. We're sitting in our front room. Yeah. Eating, you know, either he's had some magic mushrooms on that pizza or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm smashing this pizza and drinking this. Anyway, that day I had a really, really fuzzy head and I couldn't um, I, just, you know, when you have fuzzy days, it was just so fuzzy and everything just looked opaque. Mm. So we're talking and um, I said to him, he goes, uh, he goes, oh no, I, I said to him, oh, um, I don't believe in God. And he goes, he goes, neither do I. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm with you. I said, I don't believe in God. And I, but I said to him, but I, I feel like my head's really misty and it feels like I'm at, like in a, in a massive fog and my hands are trying to reach up to try and make sense of what's happening beyond the fog. Hmm. And then he, he, he actually led me to Christ. An atheist led me to Christ in my front room. That's nuts, <laughs> no, man. No, no atmosphere. So my yeah. man goes, he goes, what happened last week? He goes, something happened. I can't put my, I can't put a name to it. I don't know what happened, but something happened. I've accepted it, Herb. Why can't you? And I went, why can't I? Why can't I? <laughs> then I processed. So then if I don't accept, I'm like, I'm like really processing. I'm like, okay. So if I don't, I believe, wait, no, I don't know where I'm heading with this. Like I believing in God. So if I, Believing in God in my mind, I was like, whoa. So, so what's the cost? And I started processing, what's the cost of believing in God in my mind? Mm. Because I'd always believed in God somewhere here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it fits here. Yeah. But here, no way, because logic and reason says that that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, And truly. I was far more, far more with logic and reason. So I'm like, what's the cost? Okay, I'm going to look stupid because I was a Christian and now I might be returning back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to look like an idiot for, for returning back. Uh, who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm going to look foolish to my friends because like 90% of my friends are non-churched mm. here still. Mm. Um, and then, oh man, I'm going to look like a weirdo because I've been doing weird stuff for the last <laughs> Yeah, years. right. Yeah, yeah. So, oh man. And then I said, because after he said that to me, and I processed that really, really quickly. So then I said, okay, if that's the cost of believing in God, I believe. And as soon as I said those words, I had my first ever physical manifestation of the presence of God fall upon me in my front room, led by an atheist. So it physically felt like this, like a helmet, like a heavy helmet and a backpack got lifted off my head. And at the same time, it felt like when you come out of the out of the water and the water runs down your eyes and it felt like that when you come out of the water and scales physical scales the opaque sight that i had physically lifted off my eyes and went up and the whole room 
just lit up with like millions and millions of lights. It's like my brain got switched on and I was like, oh my goodness, wow. But the thing that validated it was sitting across the room, my guy goes, what just happened with your eyes? And I went, what do you mean? He goes, something just lifted off your eyes. Hmm. He validated my, my experience. The experience and that, yeah. was, that was always the worst thing for me about experiences within the church and within Christianity is that I never had anyone validate anything or I could, I could explain it away. Yeah. So then my guy goes, I go, I go, you saw that? And he went, yeah. So then he stands up. So I stand up. Then he starts to cry. So I go over and give him a cuddle and I go, it's all right. And he, he grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and he goes, I thought that if you believed in God, that I'd have less respect for you, Herb. He goes, I've got more respect for you now than I ever had. And he walked out and I haven't seen him since. Shucks. <laughs> That's the same. <laughs> yeah, I haven't spent any time with him since. Far and out. that's where my my physical and experiential um, awakening happened concerning mm. God. So all that unlearning, I had to relearn and, and do different things, and I wasn't going to take the same route. That's yeah. another story. Bro, I, I appreciate you sharing that, man, because it's... Sorry that took so long, bro, because there's a lot, nah, a lot nah. in there. <laughs> nah, oh, nah that's that's why pod that's why this is the space bro i, I want this to be a space where you can have those talanors that are real um sure. thanks for sharing that man because you don't know who's listening to this yeah and i don't and i don't which, expect anyone to believe it to be honest uh, and, and, I, I, and, I wouldn't believe it no but but why but why does that matter yeah you know? but i i just put it out there like i yeah. i don't i don't i'm not offended if no one believes it but yeah. maybe someone will hear it and go i want to i want to experience that Mm. and then maybe that thing might happen to them too or right, hey there's been crazy i mean there's been crazy stories hey <laughs> <laughs> like case in point but bro one thing you said there that i i, I was wanted to catch on to is that must have been really tricky for your for your partner and your family when you know i've got um a circumstance at the moment where a friend of mine his partner has kind of decided to not believe anymore and he he's finding it really 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 challenging right now you know um but that must have been really hard for her. What a woman, bro, to stand by you through that, you know? Yeah. Well, she, her exact words were, you're going through something, you'll come out the other end. And I'm like, she trusted the process. So she kept praying. Mm. And, and she, you know, she had people around probably playing, praying. I, I haven't asked her. Mm. That's a great thing, you know? But I agree. What a great woman to stick with her, to stick with me and, 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 and stick through those times because mm. it's tough. Yeah. But the thing was, I didn't change anything as far as like attendance of churches and stuff so that the family could still remain there. What was your, what was going through your head then when you would rock up to those you know, services, but you're in that mind, were you just kind of like, were you just trying to like tear down everything you were hearing? Was that kind of the, the mindset or <laughs> like... I, I had no defenses anymore because I fully let go of the thing. It was just a place. You were just riding the wave. Just riding. It didn't, it didn't even like, there was nothing. I had nothing to like, I wasn't there for a battle. All I knew is that I was happy in my skin now and I was happy doing what I was doing and mm. it didn't affect anyone really because it didn't really change my lifestyle as such. Mm. It just changed my, 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 my way of thinking. Mm. Mm. That's an that's an incredible story, bro. Um, and that's um that's gonna encourage you know not just like from this forum, but whenever people ever hear that, whenever you 
chat with people about that kind of stuff. It's going to encourage, you know, one story can build faith for another's, you know. Um, sure. Yeah, man. So then you settled in the UK and you grew up, well, I didn't grow up, but you had your boys grow up in the UK. Yep. What do you think, Um, and I'm just thinking I'm on a tangent here, what do you think your boys have gained but also missed out on by being in the UK but not being in New Zealand? Do you know what I'm saying with that kind of line of thinking? Yeah. Um, do you think they, that, yeah, here you go. I think they've missed out on a better quality of life. New Zealand offers a better quality of life. Uh, well, it did when I was there. Mm. I'm not sure about now, but um, the quality of food. Hey. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yeah. sir. The, I will the take quality that. Of, yeah, quality of food. The the kindness of the people. The There is a New Zealand culture that is, we're kind. We, we look after the, our guests. We, we can sometimes do community really well. Mm. Um, your, your friend groups are different there. They can be. Um, outdoor living. So living in the UK, it's very much indoor living. Yeah. So I explain it as if you, if you live back home, you had, a, you had a shitty house with a nice car because you were always out. The only yeah. time you came home was to sleep and to eat occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> yes, true. Right. You never spent all your time. Except now we're in lockdown and it's like, <laughs> get me out of here. Binoculars looking at the neighbor. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had actually, I actually had my neighbor the other, uh, yesterday, bro. The 70 year old, you know, bugger just come sit down on my driveway. And we just had get a yarn, bro. He's from my guy, guy from Levin, you know? Yeah. Oh, just, it was good, man. It was so good just to have connection with people because yeah. i don't know where you guys are at with it at the moment i don't know if you guys are allowed to mingle i never i, I can't keep up it looks like you guys make decisions different decisions all the time but yeah uh yeah so uh where we are at the moment is uh, it's lockdowns done okay so it's life as as normal life as usual yep right um except within our workplaces there, there are certain rules and yeah and mandates that they they apply I, I, other than that everything's pretty much almost almost as normal as you could get yeah. yeah yeah social distancing is not a thing and wearing the masks isn't a thing anymore and true man yeah it it's actually interesting you say that because you work in education right yes sir yeah because even like so do i right? i'm a teacher i teach 10 year olds um yeah primary age year five and six um and we're about to well i mean we're, school holidays just started praise the lord but oh, um yeah. seven weeks of online learning bro i mean that's probably <laughs> nothing compared to what you guys do but um we're kind of thinking what's it going to look like to be back in the education realm yeah. now that Delta and all that's in our community. So it's going to be really interesting, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, we got through it. Um, we did over eight months in our first lockdown, every, online learning. Then we, we opened up for a little bit. Then there were rising cases and we locked down again mm. and we were locked down for a couple of months, I think. And then we, we opened up and then there was a mini lockdown, <laughs> but yeah, uh, returning back, it's great uh, returning back and everybody's at full pace again. And uh, I think you guys will be fine once they open you guys up, once we get over the politics of rubbish and stuff. I was about to ask you, bro, because I know politics is a um, is one of those topics, but when you look at how our, how we've handled it over here from the powers that be, yeah. what does that make you? What does that make you think? Does it make you glad you got out of here or, or you think we're uh, handling it the right way? Or what do you, what do you think? 
Uh, I probably disagree with the way that it's been handled over there uh, because you can't avoid it, mate. You, you can't avoid this thing. Mm. Um, my Two of my family members have got COVID now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no symptoms. And um, yeah, we're just getting on with life. We just have to isolate. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think I, again, once something is politicized, it runs away. And for me, it becomes more of an economic thing than it is a safety or health thing. And again, I'll be called all sorts. I don't care. Like conspiracy theorists. I just don't care. But I think there's just, like, I grew up on the street, man. And I can, I can call shit when I see it. Do you know what I mean? Like this, this stuff when you, you call it and when you see the politicians talking and they, they like buttering up like your mate Jacinda, you know, when she, <laughs> she can talk up a good old, uh, <laughs> yarn bro and you know and recently she did the thing where um where she covered up and you know did the like forgiveness thing and i was just like oh my gosh please stop oh yeah um, for the yeah that's right dawn raid stuff yeah yeah and i get it you know some people loved it because they they loved an apology but again brown people we 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 love to suck that stuff up because if someone looks nice or they look they look kind they're our best friend and but they're that those ones are the ones that are stabbing us right in the throat, you know, and I just don't, I don't trust her or her politics mm. uh, and it just sucks. So, and you guys, I feel sorry for you guys at the moment because we're such a young country in New Zealand. Yeah. We don't know how to fight back. Like, uh, sure. you know, and when we look, when we look back, it was the, you know, where was it? You know, when South Africa and New Zealand were playing and then they had, the, the massive protest happened on uh it wasn't Iraqi, it was um Bastion Point. Bastion, Bastion Point. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you look back at that and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were fighting for it, you know, for a cause. Mm. And but our only real fight for a cause is usually the Maori activists, and they're called the Maori activists, you know what I mean? Mm. But that kind of protesting, and I'm like, man, there's if we could take that and double it across the whole country and everyone came together as the people, then I think we would find a, a sweet point to push back because yeah. I think you guys really need to push back because I'm hoping you guys don't end up like Australia because they're in a mess. Big time, eh? Big time mess. Yeah. It's interesting because you, you've traveled, man. You've seen different um, countries and how they operate and how yep. community works for them and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, people will listen to this and think, oh, you know, Herb's, Herb's thinking this or that, or I'm thinking this, that, whatever people want to think. But at the end of the day, bro, that's what it was. It was the social dilemma. Watch the social dilemma. Have you seen that yet? Social dilemma. It's on I Netflix. Think, is that about social media? No. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, all yeah, about yeah. like I, your I, phone use and how they track your ads through social media yeah. and target all this stuff. But one of the things they said, bro, and I think I'm interested to see what you think is sure. they said, um, we are living in a society now where the middle ground is disappearing. Mm-hmm. You're either on this side of the fence or that side yep. of the fence. Yep. And whatever happened to this, and this is, I'm saying this, but also this is what they're saying in the documentary. It's really good, bro. I reckon you'd enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, it'd be a good one for you to unpack and have a think about. But is, um, since when can I come and have a cup of tea with you? And let's pretend just for the argument's sake, I'm a, I'm a left, you're a right but we can't get on and be mates. You know, we can't, we can't, um, we can't 
agree to disagree, but be friends about that. The saying, you know, like more and more now, the words get so divided politics wise, politics wise, that you can't, it's just like that middle ground where you can just be, it's okay to disagree is disappearing. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Because they're being influenced to push people into um, segregation, really. And you're dividing people. So if they if they believe this, then they're segregated over there into that little box or they're labeled over there in that box. Or if they do that, then they're over in that box. I'm probably more liberal than I am right, to be honest. I'm quite a liberal person, but I have conservative ideas. Mm. So I do sit somewhere in the middle, but it looks like the middle has gone so far left now in life and like in the world that our middle's changed mm. so um politically everything's been been swayed with a pendulum i would probably be called far right now whereas i feel i'm more central and liberal in fact mm. and so i'd be called someone who's far right and i'm like that doesn't make any sense because far right is nazism far yeah. right is racism far yeah. right is looks like that i'm like how can i get swung into that area it doesn't make any sense and even more so i'm a racist against brown people because i'm brown like it's like it's just it's off it just like i can't you're getting to a stage where you're getting cancelled you can't say stuff anymore because it offends people and that's what i mean it's like this the the middle ground's just either gone or it's changed Mm. so where we thought we were middle now we're no longer because they say that we're that way now it's just it's so weird yeah man it's and it's getting it's only getting worse and look people that listen to this will know like i mean no you know me um we're all love here you know we're all love here on, sure. on in this on the space and this telenor we're all we're, at the end of the day recording ends we have our families we have our jobs we have it we, we, we get on with life and we we do our best right but yeah it's i think be able being able to have an opinion is getting less and less um common these days yeah, unless, unless acceptable. Un- yeah exactly it's unless uh, unless it's going against the, if you're going against the current with your opinion watch out exactly. watch out because you're going to get labeled you're going to get fried <laughs> even even one thing bro like this is a, i've never addressed this on the show yet on the podcast sure. before but covid vaccine oh actually we did once me and my mate do a little spin-off series similar <laughs> called the hot off the potty and we um we yeah. actually his name is presto and we um Love we it. called his mum and we were like, we just did a segment called Let's Call Penny. <laughs> it's my love bro. It, love it. And we, so cool. we rang her up and it was like, Penny, well, she had no idea if she was on the podcast. We told her later. <laughs> we told her later. We said, That's Penny. Awesome. And, and then he threw it to me and was like, Brad, give her a topic and see what she does. Oh, my God. Like, Penny, we're talking COVID vaccine. Talk to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was awesome, bro. And straight away, Penny goes, well, I think they're bloody idiots. Those people that on, yeah, like all this stuff, and we were just like, la- we were just laughing. Like <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a crack out time. But that was the only time really I've addressed this. But mm-hmm. you think vaccine, right? Yeah. Um, there are people that are going to get it. There are people that are not going to get it. Okay. Sure. Me myself, I'm about to get my second one this afternoon. My second shot. Yeah. For me, I'm health compromised. I've got one kidney, so I want to be safe. Yeah. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I've got another flatmate here who is yeah. hesitant. Sure. Hesitant to get it. I was too. Yeah. I, I could have got mine months and months and months ago, but I waited because yeah. I wanted to get my own personal information and facts and, and then make an informed decision for myself. Yeah. But anyone that's saying, you know, oh, I'm not sure about getting it. 
Like, like there's yeah. a difference. There might be people that are anti-vax campaigning against any vaccine. Sure. I understand that. But people that yep. have COVID, COVID vaccine hesitant, you yep. watch. And even my flatmate was like, bro, I want to get it, but I'm also scared. But I'm also, I don't want to yeah. get it because I'm being pressured into it. And I'm scared that if I don't get it, I'm going to be marginalized and um hello and absolutely hello. like ripped out by everyone and labeled this and that you know yep oh i get it that's 2021 in a nutshell yeah. hey yeah yeah that's and that's what's happened because something like this has become politicized and and they're using it as a a tool in order to direct their politics uh, you divide divide the people and then you get those people to vote and do you know what i mean it just it sucks yeah. Um, I, I am vaccine hesitant. I'm not anti-vax. I don't give a damn if people get a vax or don't do your thing. My issue is with coercion. My issue is with manipulation. My issue is with, uh, people who are manipulating the system and forcing people to do something to their own body. That's supposed to be therapeutical. That should be your choice in, in the matter similar. Okay. And this is why I say I'm more liberal. I support abortion and people will freak out about that. Mm. But my issue with abortion is that I don't think the public should pay for it. And I think that there should be a series of um, things that you need to run through and exhaust all your, all your areas before you even go there. It shouldn't be as easy as I've had a one night stand. I don't want this baby gone. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, so again, so people will, will struggle with that and Christians right. will struggle with what I said there, but that's why I, I think with, when it's vaccine hesitant, I am. And my family are. There's no one, no one on the other side, giving information. We used to have a system, or at least I hope we did. Or maybe I was just more naive and ignorant. <laughs> but I swear we used to have a system where we had one person say this, one person say that. We'd go, okay, well, I'll, I'm going to go that way. I'm going to go that way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But at yeah. the moment, we have one voice being heard around the whole world saying this, yeah. and that's scary. And it's funny, man. I can't believe we've just got down the COVID rabbit hole. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but um, here's the thing. Like this, that same show I told you about, The Social Dilemma, talks about, um, bro, I love this. This is what I love about this space, bro. Your journey, <laughs> random Talanoa. That's what it's, that's, that. it's just, that's funny, man. I just can't believe we've got down this rabbit hole. <laughs> funny, yeah. I don't no, even know how bro, we got always. here. But Mate, um, it's the most, it's the, it's a common event. That's been yeah. going on in the world for over a year now. So you're, you're going to end up there somewhere. Very true. But um, I was going to say is one of the things that the um, the show talks about is you're right. Kind of an ex exception with the one voice because it is all around the world, one voice, you know. But even things like social media and the and media in general, I think you asked the question, was it like that back in my day? I It wasn't. I don't think. Even when I was growing up, it wasn't like that. I think the way media has evolved itself and yeah. the way that um you know like for example the way social media works on your phone or, or whatever mm -hmm. whatever device you're using not just social media but internet google all that is that it picks up on what you what you like right so if i'm for example if my this i'm just going to throw a random random analogy but if i'm for watches and then you're not for watches let's just pretend like like okay. i just i said sure, watches sure. i just saw mine on the table yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Everything Rolex. I read, Rolex. Nah, bro, what's this one? G, G Shock. Casio. Yes, it is sad. Oh, is it? It's, yeah, Casio, yeah, bro. It's my teaching watch, bro. Uh, Robust. Um, but they talk about like, if I'm like an anti-watcher versus a, 
I'm a, I wear watches. You're like, I don't yeah. wear watches, bro. I don't wear watches. Yeah, yeah. Everything I read, everything I see will talk, tell me about why wearing watches is good. Sure. And I won't see the other side of the argument. Okay. Because everything that is filtered through, this is actually what happens like with like whole the Trump Biden thing. If I was a Trump yeah, yeah. supporter, everything I see, social media, everything I see, it's all filtered the, the good things, you know? Biden, yeah, yeah. Or, the things or the that good are biased things. for you. Exactly. And but what's disappearing is the ability to see both sides. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. And yeah, that's because just that's the algorithms of this device um, doesn't let you see both sides of things. So I think that's a big problem. Yeah. I think what's really weird in my feed and my social media is that I see a lot of, if we're going to separate it to left and right, I hope we, we didn't have to, but mm. I see a lot of. It's just the best example to, to kind yeah, of yeah, use. Yeah. I, I actually see a lot of left leaning everything. So about 80% of my feed is left leaning. I have to purposely go and follow someone mm. that is not left leaning in order to get a right leaning idea. That's the only way I'm going to get it. Otherwise, I would only ever get this narrative. Same with the vaccine. Like I, I, I could be lazy and not look at any information and just believe what my uh, authority is telling me because I trust them so much and because the Maldives have got a great history of trusting the government. That's what I should do, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I try not to make too much of a point there, but yeah. There's, there's stuff there. You know what I mean? I like, I, I swear to God, back in the days, the media were the ones that you trusted to come through and call bullshit on someone who was saying something. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore. No, no, that's, that's, yeah. I think the way I've, I've been able to personally reconcile it is I obviously, um, you need to stand up for things when you need to, but for me, I, I I'm staying in my lane. Um, I'm being an on, I'm being honoring of my job as a teacher, as an educator, um, yep. and you know, doing the best I can to teach my kids. And I'd I'd you know touch wood, never do anything to jeopardize my position there. But understood. At the same time, um, yeah, sometimes um, by staying in your lane, all traffic will stay in its lane, and nothing will change. I I understand what you're saying. I don't feel that you would completely stay in your lane though. If, if push came to shove, I yeah, think sure. you'd protect, protect those kids with your life hmm. and that you would, you would call out what needed to call out despite losing your job. If you had to, hmm. I just think that there's, there's moments we, we call our battles when we need them. Hmm. Um, I'm the same. I work in education. I don't need to squawk about everything. Hmm. Um, I'm very open about stuff, but um, I, I also stay in a lane, but people know my views and they should know my views and I shouldn't be boxed or put over there, hmm. you know, or put, put on a shelf somewhere. I've, I'm able to deliver my, my standing without causing a battle. I and that's, and do you know what, bro? I think that brings it right back to where we started this conversation in one respect is that whole idea of it's okay to have different views to other people. Yes. As you know, look, that people's views damage other people. That's when you know, start having a conversation about, um, you know, how your views need to change. For example, if your view was, I should just punch someone that talks to me negatively, like, like you know, we've got to have some conversations there. But um, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? As, as long as your view isn't, um, you know, that's how I look at it, actively hurting someone right now. Yeah. Um, have your view. 
have your have your have your perspective have your informed decision making happening yeah no? even if you use that terminology of having an informed decision concerning the vax people hate that you i've i've was talking to someone back home in new zealand they've now unfollowed me and unfriended me which is fine i don't mind mm. but because i said i would rather have i need a more informed um approach to this before i take it i said i'm not i'm not an anti-vaxxer and she said ah oh, you are and then she just unfriended me i was just like you're a coward now because you you left on a bad note we couldn't have discussion you you were trying to spend your time you know more of your time trying to convince me to come over to your camp and and to me it looks like religious uh doctrine indoctrinated zealot kind of bollocks that i tried to get away from you know what i mean you're mm-hmm. preaching off your off your box and you want me to come across i'm not ready I need more time to look at this. I'm and, not going to be in a rush. And hundred percent, bro. Everyone has, everyone has that, you know, even, uh, and I don't mind sharing this. I guess this is a public space, but like for me, my bit, two big things I was worried about was one, how quick it was. And two, um, what was the other one? <laughs> Can't remember, bro. I'm lucky. <laughs> they must've did a good job on my mind. Um, no. Oh, it's that tinfoil hat of yours, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've got plenty of pots and pans in the kitchen, bro. Oh, true, bro. <laughs> nah, um, oh, it was the long-term effect stuff. You know, I wanted yeah. to know. So I did yeah. my digging and I've personally made a decision that I, I'm going to get it because of my health compromise. But sure. yeah, man, what I love, um, totally side tangent to that, is is um, you have now created a space with mm-hmm. the bro, Nikafoa, to have conversations, not just about that stuff, but uh, your own personal journeys and 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 things like that. Um, and I'm talking tapu too. Now, people that yes, um, people that listened to the last episode with Nick, we talked about it, but we kind of brushed it a little bit. We brushed it a little bit because um, <laughs> we just spent so much time talking about all, all sorts of stuff. Um, but sure. we did talk about um, the tapu too, and we talked about its inception. But here's the thing: you're the other side of tapu too, so your perspective, right. your 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 thoughts on it, it's going to be different to Nick's. So sure. I want to know, bro. Like, first of all, and I said this to you off air. It's awesome. I think you guys are doing some awesome mahi on, on the tapu too. Love, bro. Appreciate that. Cool journey, man. Tell me about it. Tell me about the, the start. Tell me about the, the the heart behind it and all that kind of Okay. So, jazz. weirdly enough, we were, um, I've been wanting to work with Nick on something for ages. We, we used to do music together. So, we, 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 we created some music together and that was great. But I always felt that there was something else that me and Nick were meant to do. And so, I just sent him a random message. He, I knew he'd gone back to New Zealand. And he was uh, he was in lockdown at the time, or MIQ or whatever it's called. And so I messaged him. I said, "Hey, we need to work together." And I knew in my heart it was going to be a podcast. Right. And then he said, "His reply was podcast, bro." And I went, "Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I was, I was thinking." I said, "Let's let's look. I'll, I'll get back to you. Think of some ideas. We'll go back and forward, and then we'll find a structure, and then we'll throw it together. It'll kind of look like this." And we went back and forward and then we go, okay, cool. And Nick, Nick is far more cautious than I am. And I, that's him and I, what we love about the top of two is that it's two very different perspectives Yeah. and some stuff Nick disagrees on with me and I disagree with Nick. But like you said, we can have a middle ground where I can still love my brother, even though I completely look in the opposite direction to something that we think or believe or have an opinion on. So, um, that's that's what it should be. Any friendship, just FYI. Yeah, exactly, and nothing should separate a friendship. 
even politics. Exactly. So we um we decided to go for a practice run. Oh, yeah. So I said, okay, let's link up. We'll do a practice run. Now, anyone who knows me and Nick, uh, we're very terrible at holding our communications together. So like, you've got to take effort in order to be a friend to someone if you're going to get together with them or talk and find out how they, how they are. So like, we would go months on end without even chatting. Yeah, so yeah. to commit to this meant that we had to commit to each other. Mm. So we, we got to our first episode. And we're going to do our test run and we weren't going to put it out there. We were just going to record and see what it looked like and, and just throw it together. So we did our first episode. We really enjoyed it. And then (laughs) the week after we said, okay, let's get together. So we've been committing to each other to actually get together on a Sunday and, and do the podcast. And we've been doing it consistently and we've been keeping touch with each other. And it's like, we've actually committed to each other because we both love this idea and what it, what it forms and the, the life that it can bring to others yeah. and the life that it brings to ourselves because we open up and become very transparent and congruent with our feelings, our past. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be on there that people are going to disagree with. And there's going to be stuff in there that people will get along with. And I just hope that those who disagree can put their disagreements up. And we can we can go back and forth and be be polite and 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 honoring to each other, and we can move on. Mm. You know, I hope we can find that kind of that middle space and create that middle space that we don't have anymore. Mm. And so, yeah, the one thing I pulled on Nick was <laughs> we did the first episode, yeah, and I said, oh, maybe we'll do ten episodes of practice, and then we'll we'll get it up because my boy's a bit of a perfectionist. All right, right, right. The reason why is because because he's good at stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, he's had to and, in his in his roles. Yeah. Exactly. And he wants to put stuff out there that is that has merit, that is of worth. And so we did our first episode. And a week later, I said, hey, I'm throwing it straight up on, on YouTube. And he's like, what? I said, we're doing it. We're just, we're going to go live. Yo. I, don't, I don't, I said, let's, the, I, the only way that we get something started is if we put the content out and then see, see, get people to it. I said, with mistakes and all, and just, we'll just do it. And then that was the, the instigator to uh, the top of two. And we're right. now at episode eight and we're doing episode nine tomorrow morning oh that's so cool and i love that idea of like not letting it be a polished product because people can't relate to polished products i even for me you if you went back and listened to my first five please yeah. don't everyone <laughs> <laughs> please don't but um oh they're off oh they're not even on spotify anymore oh sorry guys don't worry i've definitely done the old uh take a couple <laughs> off before I tried to, I did a spin-off once. I've got a spin-off happening at the moment with my mate Presto. We have caught it all. It's awesome. But I tried a spin-off ages ago with two other lads and we did three, yeah. released them. And I was like, nah, Jack pulled them. But um, there was more mic issues though. That was more the mics or crap. But sure. So not the content. But um, people can't relate to polished products. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but people can relate to real ones. You know, and that's what I like I about Tapu too. Like I remember the first one I watched, I was, it's not like something I've seen before. Like, Cause wow, wow, wow! I was watching it and I was cause I, I, I podcast, but also listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. And um, every podcast does have a polish to it. You know, my one used to less so now, now I, when I, I, I call it editing phase, I get the audio sound good. Yeah. I put an intro and an ending in, take yeah. out, take out any bits like that. I maybe had to like, like a rerun, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. then everything else <laughs> is in there. Everything else. Like the other day I did one with Nick and my mate, my flatmate came in with his hello fresh he's like oh my bro's got hello fresh oh you heard it yeah hey oh he's bought my box in oh sweet and then then you ask nick have you done hello fresh i done hello fresh that's good yeah 
Yeah, oh, I love it. Oh, it's just mean, man. I, I it's been able to eat three months. Yeah. I oh, for me, it's just like a variety of meals. You know, that's that's that what I love. Was cool, and then enough for two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, bro. That's what I do. But I do two for one and I have yeah, lunch yeah, the bro. next day. <laughs> Get in there. But um, case in point, right? I didn't edit that out. So um, what you guys do and what I was saying is how the top of two is different to what I've ever seen is I had to double take and go, wait, what? Because there's, <laughs> there's some, there's like weird cuts and like, like audio, like little snippets. And I'm like, my first thought is like, did he forget to edit that out or something, you know? And then yeah. now I know the flow of top of two. I'm like, bro, this is, this is cool. This is real. This is, this is like the, la- I'm in, I'm in the room with the lads having a yarn. Do you know what I'm saying? Awesome. awesome. Do you know why it was so jumpy like that? Yeah. Why? Because we talk shit for ages yeah. and I'm just trying to chop it down so that we could fit it into half an hour. <laughs> Not the transition ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just like, oh, we spoke too much there. Okay, chop that out, chop that out. And then you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense why it went on to that. Ah, never mind. <laughs> no, but it's good, bro. It's good. Like even um, even like there's like, been a couple recently where you guys will sit in like silence for like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, and you're both there like, like, because if someone said something that is the blood in their minds and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah. I love it. I'm well, there too. The I'm in the kitchen. That's the like, for it. That's the, that's the reaction. That was the organic reaction from you two, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think having, orga- having an organic platform like that allows amazing allows for me listening in, for example, yeah. and I listen in when I cook dinner. I was telling that guy, I just, I cook dinner <laughs> and I'll listen in to, to Tapu too, you know? And, and it's just, and it's just like a, yeah, it feels like I'm having a yarn with the boys. Even though I've never met, well, I've met you both now. How good. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, that's the thing you've provided. You know, you've provided that that space for people to kind of just be like, yeah, mean yarns. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm glad that it's, um, I'm happy that it, it's palatable. It's palatable. Tolerable. Yeah, yeah, and tolerable. And, and I hope that what we share is, you know, we, we don't want to come across as too knowledgeable about anything. Oh, you definitely have... you definitely don't, bro. Good. And that's the whole point of it. Is, is <laughs> yeah, that I love it. There's one section in it because it doesn't matter what, what you think. Yeah, yeah. And it's because we wanted to create a space where we could talk about something and not really know anything about it. Because everybody knows something about everything. So yeah. let's just talk about something we don't know about, something about and you, but you've always wanted to talk about it. Mm. And you can look like the biggest idiot in the room and it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny, bro. I even um, I think you guys did one recently on um, I was saying the same thing to the bro. Um, uh, AI, artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, numpties <laughs> away, but I love it though because it's like I'm bro, in there. Like, we had yeah. absolutely no clue. It's like we're sitting there and you've had a couple of beers and you're like, oh yeah, let's talk about AI. I'm like, what? You're such a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, because <Like>, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys come in hard with the intro and the like the picture and it's like. It doesn't matter what you think or whatever. And you're like, oh, here they go. Yeah. They know what I'm talking about. And then you'll be like, AI. Yeah, I don't know, bro. What do you think? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that, what's his name? Um, Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're like, he's got something to do with it as well. There's parts that I had to edit out because like, especially right. with the AI one, that was yeah. hilarious. But there was that one yeah. bit when something went off in the background. I couldn't quite catch it, but like yeah. there was a noise and you both were like, did you yes. hear that? Did you yeah, hear that? Yeah. It was, it bro, was don't, Nick, so. 
Who was it? Whoever it is, don't, don't come for us. We're small time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were talking about Apple and about them being able to, oh, you know, right. yeah. look into, you know, your social media being monitored, like your 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 documentary. And then you're just like, he heard a click in the background yeah, yeah, in his, his earphones. And he's like, did you hear that, bro? Like going to panic and freaking paranoia is so funny. So uh, then we're cracking up. Yeah. There's what there's one that I, we had a massive laugh and it was uh we were talking about pregnancy. Oh, I know, I know the one. Oh my god, please. <laughs> and I couldn't help myself. Oh, so when he's being funny. serious, I, I when he's being serious, I can be serious, but then as soon as I hear it in your window, I'm out. Yeah. Like I'm that yeah. one that's like, okay, take 200. There was no text. It was just like, that's what's coming. I love that, bro. <laughs> that was so funny. I remember that as well. I, I, I remember, I, I can't quite remember. But it was something like, it was something like, and what about for you, bro, for you, bro? How was it yeah, for how you? Was first, how was your first? And he didn't, I didn't let him finish the sentence. He's like, how was your first? Yeah. And you're like, like, he's, he's trying to say, how was your first pregnancy? Yeah. I know. But he's <laughs> like, how was your first? And it was really delayed. And I'm like, <laughs> That was my first. Yeah, it's about thirty seconds. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell he was trying to like get you on task. Hey, he was trying to like yeah. rope you in. And He's then like, at the end, yeah, uh, he lost. At it. the end, he just gave over. He just gave over, and he went, "Yeah, okay, you win." Yeah. And then he just thought he would laugh. It was great. Do you know, there's ex- like I totally random sign tangent, but there's importance in that being able to be lighthearted and serious moments. You know, like laughter and stuff. Like I sometimes am the guilty of it too much too. You know, <laughs> it will be in the middle of a deep conversation, and I'll. I'll bring something funny into that, like about it or, or, or just funny spin on something. Um, yeah. But I think, and I've talked about this with other people, like I think laughter and joy and, and, and just being able to take the piss and stuff like that. It's such an important thing. Hey, eh? I agree. Yeah. Life's too serious sometimes. And look, there's times to be serious and times to be joking, but I think there's times when they can meld together. You know, I agree. Yeah. I think, and what's happened with culture again and with this cancel culture, Mm. is they're trying to cancel humor and mm. comedy and when it comes to humor and comedy i'm with ricky gervais and he says there's nothing that's on off the table mate you you should be able to make fun about everything yeah and like that that's quite a hard, hard thing to kind of conceive because when you've got a loved one that's dying of cancer and someone can pop a joke i get it totally. but they're not popping a, they're not popping a joke at your loved one yeah they're popping a joke yeah and it's being able to separate what's happening there and take the humor as it is and that's why when it comes to the humorous stuff like uh, our was it episode six we had our first guest on uh, his name's max and he, he spoke about his um journey with suicide and mm. and the first thing i said to him was well um uh i think fuck you failed yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you failed you yeah, know what i mean yeah, and, yeah. but you know and to him he, he laughed about it but then he mentioned later on in the podcast that, you know, and he goes, oh, and I couldn't even do suicide properly, you know, and he brought it down to it down. And I went, oh, crap. And I said, yeah. that's the first thing I said to him. And then, you know, but it was fine. Well, don't worry, bro. The, the amount of times I've hidden, hidden like hand moments of like, oh, that, that was bad. Whoops. But I think, I think that it's all about intention, right? All about intention. It is. All about that's anything it, comes back to intention. Exactly. And that's what we miss in today's society is that people will take whatever you say, interpret however they want to interpret with their worldview, and then they project it on you and say, that's why you're in that box. Mm. But they, they, they don't take intention into account. And a perfect example is racism here in the UK. I, I work with people that speak racistly, 
or, or could be considered that. I do the same as well. We, we grew up doing it back in New Zealand. Um, but I know they're not intentionally being racist. Mm. There's a big difference. And so that kind of stuff to us in the South Southern Hemisphere is like water off a duck's back because we grew up with that. But then some people have now made it into a thing. It's like, oh, you know, New Zealand's the most racist country in this. I've, I've seen celebrities come out of New Zealand. talk. I'm like, okay, I get it. But there's a level of it that is humor. Mm. And you've got to like find your battle in that. And mm. I think we're, we're looking for. We're looking for reasons to cancel. Yeah, exactly. Like I, one of the shows I'm watching at the moment and I'm in hysterics every episode, me and my flatmate watch it together. Is yeah. the office the office. Uh, the American or the British Amer- American office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, bro, if this was released in 2021, it would be oh. off the air straight away, you know. Yeah. Um, but it is hilarious, it's funny, man. It's funny, but it knows what it is. Like, I had Di Henwood on the show earlier this year, and he said, um, he's found a living in taking the piss out of himself, you know, Di Henwood, the comedian. There you um, go he's found a living taking the piss out of himself. Um, and he's recognized that um, if you can just take the piss a bit, you know, it, it, every, everyone then takes themselves less seriously too. Yeah. You know, if I see, if I see you take, t- taking the mick out of yourself. I'm going to yeah. take myself less seriously. Exactly. You know, it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. disarming. It's just, it's a disarming and effect. You know, it invites you closer to me. Yeah. And that's what it should do. So again, with that another when i first came to the country uh to, to be with my wife i had the t-shirt uh i'm not sure if you remember uh far enough back but paul holmes called the head I of know. the un yeah. you cheeky little darky yeah, yeah 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 and then i think the dawn raid guys made t-shirts that said cheeky little darky on it right right so i I had a t-shirt like that, that, one of those that said cheeky little darky. Yeah. And I wore it out here in the UK when I first moved out here. Yeah. And I had someone pull, pull me up and they go, you can't wear that. And I went, why, why not? So I hadn't adapted to the culture at all. I, I was just still fresh off the boat. Yeah. And they go, you can't wear that here. I went, why not? And they go, that's racist. I went to who? And they went to brown people. I said, but I'm brown. No, what and am they I? Went, and they, it still didn't matter. Like mm. they couldn't get, they couldn't get, their head around the humor interesting eh? and, and I, I know it's it, it, it had a, no context to them mm. it just looked literalism that he's, he's calling brown people cheeky little darkies yeah <laughs> hey, so poor henry I've, I've spent plenty of time watching poor henry compilations there's there's some funny ones eh? <laughs> but you just got to look at um what's his name billy t james he wouldn't be surviving now Bro. good night hell no over hell no yeah, man, hundred yeah. percent. And look, there, there is like I, I think I, I personally think there are times where maybe there are some. Like I watched a um an office episode and there was a um terrorist joke, and it actually <laughs> automatically, bro, I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah, but but for me, for me, I was like, my initial reaction was like, oh no, that can't, yeah. oh that won't fly today. But um, I, I think. It, <laughs> Sorry. What? Terrorist joke. That won't fly today. Sorry, man. I'm going. Go. Oh, bro. (laughs) Sorry. I can't help myself. Like, that was not intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lucky. See, as soon as you get on humor, bro. I walked into that, bro. uh, I can see why you and um, I know we talked about this guy off air 
but I can see why you and Caleb Tyler got on really well. Ah, oh, my G. What a, what a legend. And I know Kiri said, love, rest in love, Caleb. I know Kiri said she'd listen to this. Kia ora, Kiri. I don't know, probably the boys as well. Um, Got your boy Herb on. Herbie on. Yeah, but, let's go. What's up, Fano? Um, Yeah, man. Crack up. Uh, do you know, yeah. people that don't know, Caleb is a, a, an amazing, amazing man. And unfortunately, he passed away about a year ago, eh? Just under a year yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, carries his wife and he's got three boys and one girl, um, yep. all teenagers. Oh no. One big of old, big old teenagers. family. Big, big old, old family. family. Let's go. Um, but yeah, he was a, he was an awesome guy. And I remember one story is that he was in a car. I don't know if you've heard this story. This is a guy, he was in a car <laughs> driving past, um, the bikies, you know, the, the dudes riding road cyclists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what he used. Maybe it was like a spoon or his hand or something. And he <laughs> and he they drove past him and he spanked his ass as he was oh, going down dude. the freeway. <laughs> my guy, my guy. Um, but yeah, funny, funny, bro. But oh, uh, bro, with- I'm just gonna say that like him and I uh, went back and forth, and we call each other on um on uh, Zoom and and whatnot on on um, Skype. Yeah, but we go back and forth, him and I, and we uh, he was he was a like-hearted and like-minded person and he supported me when I was all alone talking my stuff. He's, he was one of the only ones that would just yell out really loud. I'm with you, Herb. I agree. And, uh, and you know, he was one of those guys and mm. uh, yeah, he'll be missed. Yeah. Rest, and, rest in love. Yeah. We will see him again. Let's go. Um, and his boys, bro, I can tell you now, cause I've got a lot to do with the boys. Yeah. They're little hymns, bro. Yes, let's go. Like the humor on those boys, all of them. Yeah, oh, they're funny. They're funny. You boys know you're funny. You know you're listening. You guys are crack ups, <laughs> crack ups. Um, yeah, bro. With with Tapu too as well. The other thing that I like what you guys talked about is um, there's one thing you said, um, and I just wanted to pick up on it because it was such a cool, vulnerable moment. Is um, you talked about um, you know how you and Nick talk about bringing things into the light, bro. That's what yes. Tapu two is. Um, yeah. and one of the things you talked about is like learning as humans to forgive yourselves, you know, yep. and not letting, um, not letting like, what's the word I'm looking for? Condemnation, like self-condemnation. Yeah. Yeah. Be a Guilt, big thing. Shame. Guilt and shame and all that stuff. Like when you address topics like that, bro, and you say things like that, um, have you had, like, what's your responses been when you, when people, you know, when you're putting out topics like porn and, 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 struggles growing up and all that stuff what 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 has that response been i know it's i know like any early days podcast you haven't got millions of listeners yet neither do i obviously but um <laughs> the few you do have you know um yeah have you had some some feedback on on that stuff we, we've had a considerable amount of feedback and the majority of it i'd probably say has been positive um and we, we talk about things that people resonate with because they're things that everyone should be going through or have been through or, you know, or trying to process at the moment. So um, when we, when you tackle a subject like pornography, you've got to know that 99% of all men have gone in, including the pastors, (laughs) including your your husbands. Um, (laughs) They're probably doing it now Um, (laughs) while you're listening to, while you're listening to this podcast. Um, So, you know, people feel that they're alone because I felt like I was alone when I was walking through stuff. Mm. And Nick says, you know, we, we felt that we were alone. We felt guilt and shame. And when you grow up within a religious society, 
it doesn't help you because they don't really know how to address the matter. And it becomes like, you know, who's my brother's keeper and this kind of stuff, you know, and it's, it is really, the intention is good to help, but it lacks any sort of essence because we haven't got anyone standing there going, I still continue to struggle with this thing. And I don't hold myself to account anymore. I'm no longer the judge and jury. Mm. I forgive myself for what I do. It's in the light. I, I've exposed it. So it has no more power over me. Yet I still indulge in it mm. because there's sometimes when I feel weak and it's okay, guys, mm. you know, and it's not, not the fact that we're trying to normalize something that's, yeah, you know, that's happening. It's more the fact that we, we the part that we're trying to normalize is that we can have conversations about it and mm. be honest about it. And, and I think we would have more of an effect talking about stuff and bringing it into the light and being open and honest. We don't, we don't need to go to the in-depth of like, you know, how you watch porn. Yeah, yeah, of course. We, 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 just, we, we just need to talk about the fact that we're going there and then let's look at some reasons. Let's look at the deeper things and what's happening in your life and what, what has happened. Let's look at the fact that there might be some trauma. Let's look at the fact that you might just be bored. Mm-hmm. you know and it's still okay but we just maybe we need to find a better way for you to deal with your boredom yeah i mean yeah. and like you know if, if if for you it's it's a time where you're, you're you're consuming because uh you're just up late at night i get it then let's put some things in place so that you maybe only watch one video and yeah. not two hours of it yeah 100 you know it's the same with eating and going on a diet mm. let's 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 cut down on the sugar a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And you know, um, and I said the same thing to Nick, you might have, I don't know your stats, but you might have however many people listen. And that might only relate to maybe just one. Even I said this, I said, um, and I said this about my podcast when I started, I had to come to the terms of the fact that if I released and did this thing every week or whatever frequency, and only I had one listener every week, mm-hmm. praise, praise God, that's not the case, but say that was sure. the case. Um, if it's worth it to one person. Yes, sir. Mission accomplished. Because, you know, if, 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 if it helps one person, those yeah. Tullinors you're having, yeah. you achieve what you need to achieve. I'd ra- you, bro, you would rather affect one person than have 10,000 people listen to every episode and not really care. Yeah, or, or 10,000 people listen and give a bunch of comments and not really have any connection to it or any emotion yeah. to it. And you know, bro, like the thing is, and the thing is like, I, I've learned this the hard way. I know I've sat here saying, bro, it's awesome. I love it, all that stuff. But And that's cool. But don't take that as, well, I mean, it depends on how you want to take that, but don't take that as constructive feedback sometimes. Sure. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I feel like it is constructive feedback from me just because I, I guess the spaces I've been in, but and you've been doing I, this longer than we have, so we, yeah. we we look at it and we think, okay, yeah, I it, think you're doing a good areas job. Areas where we can improve, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, there is, bro. Same with me. But when I have, I had lots of people, bro, say to me, bro, your thing is awesome, it's amazing, da 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 da, <laughs> and I yeah. took that as, oh, well, I'm doing a good job then. But actually, yeah. and you'll know this, like my opinion, because you've only just met me, my opinion won't matter to you as much as say someone close to you that you you, you go, and you think you talked about this on the podcast, you know, when you're trying to find your find your people, find your person. Find, I've got four people, bro, that I listen to yeah. for feedback for this podcast I have. 
Amazing. I have lots of people say things to me. Even people say negative things to me as well. There's yeah. only four people that I, and I'll listen. There's only four people that I'll take on what they're saying. I'll, I'll release an episode and I'll call Presto, my mate. Or I'll call my mate yeah. Caleb. But hey, bro, what do you think? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, understood. Yeah, I, I, uh, I get what you're saying. And I think for the moment, we are looking to those who, who leave comments hmm, and nice. those who leave detailed comments. And I was talking to Nick, uh, in fact, yesterday, I called him and I said, there's something really amazing about the people who have decided to leave a comment. So if we take the pornography one, for instance, and one person comes on there, again, just hypothetically, yeah, and then they type out a long old comment saying, I'm so thankful that someone had the, the courage to talk about this. It's now set me on a path where I can, I can maybe find some freedom in this and that I don't need to feel ashamed anymore. And in fact, two days ago, I was thinking about killing myself because it was so causing so much guilt in my life and I'm watching porn six hours a day. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's those kind of things that I'm looking at and go, that's the key for you. I did this for. Hundred percent. You'd I'd rather have one. You'd rather have one comment like that than a thousand fist Absolutely. emojis or or yeah. you know shaka emojis. <laughs> hey, yeah, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, man. I think you're doing a good job. And um, yeah. And I think yeah. What I think what you guys are doing really well is uh, we talked about this earlier. Unpolished. What I'm saying yeah. is like you put it out <laughs> as it is, which we love. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it's straight up, straight up yarns. There are times, bro, where I'm like. <laughs> it's like, go on, go on, go on, go on, bro. Go on. I'm just like, hey, bro, that's not true. Like, not nothing, like nothing, um, like controversial. Just little things where, like, I think the other day you mentioned Jake Paul lost a fight. I was like, no, no, it was Logan. <laughs> but oh, I, get, I, I get confused with them. I don't even know who the hell they are. Yeah, they, well, they look the same, right? But it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter exactly. But if you had edited, if you had found out later that oh, it was actually Logan that lost his first fight and whatever, sure. And then edited that out. I feel like you're kind of robbing us of real, real yarns, in my yeah, opinion. I, I agree. No, I agree. That's um, why a lot of the stuff is is left in. Um, a lot of stuff is left in that's actually quite cringy and painful, and that's okay. Do you like listening to yourself back? I, I have no problem with it now. I, At I first, used to it was when hard. I was growing up. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, years ago, I'd have an issue with it. I have more of a problem hearing myself sing back yeah, than okay. I do hearing myself talk back because. This stuff we've lived, this stuff is is live. It it has yeah. it has a life to it. Yeah. So it it's different than doing a recording of a song. So yeah, yeah. It's funny. Eh? I I I still I still myself personally, I'll release this, and I'll listen to it through editing. Yeah. And I won't listen to it again. You know. Oh, sometimes I re-listen to some, but yeah, yeah sometimes I'm like, oh, <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah. That's what I like. That's the case with these things, though, bro, because they, they lead off, like you said, left tangent, right tangent, left field. They just go places. And sometimes you say stuff you think, man, I just should have shut up at that time. Shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've already thought that like three or four times yeah. on this. I was like, oh, you could have taken a little bit shorter with that. Well, her, her, never mind. <laughs> That's cool, bro. That's cool. Um, bro, one of the questions I asked Nick, and I'm going to ask you the same, and his answer was interesting. I don't know if you got to that point in the sh- in the body. I watch. I, I listen the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, then you'll know the question and your answer might be the same or different. Okay. 
But what is your um? Hey, he's quite philosophical. Hey, you'll talk to me about. And that's mm. exactly that's why because right. he thinks, unlike me, he thinks about what he's doing. Yeah, I say it and I go, oh shit, I put that out there already. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> that's why we work because how, he, he thinks yeah. about stuff. Yeah, I remember asking him this question. He goes, bro. Good question. Hey, he does that, eh? Hey? Uh, that's a great, that's a great, yeah. It's the impressions on. So, yeah, great. Bro, impression. Nah, it's true, bro. It's true. <laughs> nah, thank you. Nah, he's the man, mate. <laughs> he does that. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I love him too. He's the man. But, bro, um, the question I had is what is, and we kind of, we've kind of talked about it, but what's your vision for it, man? Long term, I said to you, bro, where do you want this thing to go? Mm hmm. What's your ultimate vision for Tapu 2? And you, we've kind of interwoven that over this last 20 minutes of convo, but putting that out there. Yeah. Where do you want this thing to, to go? Have you thought about that? I have. I, by nature, I'm a dreamer. And I'd be lying as a creative to say that I, I just wanted it to stay where it is. I, I'd be lying. Mm. I would love if this became something. I'd love if I was making Joe Rogan money. Oh, I'd, you know what I'm saying? Imagine. Exactly. Yeah. I'd, I'd love if it, if it moved from this into something else, if it evolved to something the way I could be even more creative. Mm. Um, I don't know what it looks like in the end game, but all I know is that Nick and I have something very beautiful. Uh, there's chemistry. And whenever we bring it to the, to the screen, or to, to people's ears, it has an effect. And, and the best thing about it is that you've got two people with two different perspectives of life throwing themselves at each other and then sharing their life experience and traumas and laughter and everything. And it just kind of works. Hmm. And so, yeah, I think I'd, I'd love all the perks that would come with it but I, I don't want to box it in to say that I want it to look like that. I just, I, I do want more as a creative. I do mm. want more for it as well as the one, because the intention will always be for the one. Yeah. And as long as that doesn't change, you know? No. Yeah. Because mm. it's when you hear those comments, they, they change your life even so slightly mm. and that they, they keep you switched on and mm. they keep you honest. And so you you stay on the journey a bit better. It's um yeah. and, and and I mean a lot of people won't understand this lingo, but the one over the ninety nine, bro. That's what I think about. Yeah, bro. You know, I got you. You know, yeah. you with me. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's cool, because man. I, if I if I if I stay with that one, because I was an outcast, and that's why my heart's for the one, hmm. and my heart's for the outcast. But my my heart's for the one who's the millionaire who's struggling at the moment. Yes. Yeah. If if. If my if my drony Polynesian voice can get to somebody and stop them from doing something stupid or help them just change them for one day, if you can do something like that, then it's all worth it. Hundred. Because what are we really doing? What are we really doing? We're just sitting there talking shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's that. Like you think yeah. about it, it's just like you're not really doing much. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, you're creating a space where no one's able to go because no one's doing it. Or very few people, and very few people have a friend that they can actually talk to. Yeah, and if they feel like they're in the room, then I'm doing my job. I think. Yeah, and that's like I've said to you, man. That's what it feels like when you're listening. So, bro, um, for people that want to know where it's from, where where to go. Yep. 
Uh, so if you go to Instagram and look up the Tapu Two, uh, and you can find us on there. So you can. Um, I just share a whole bunch of stuff on there. Me and Nick share a bunch of stuff on there. But uh, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, The Tapu 2. So at The Tapu 2. Yeah. If you want to watch us make fools of ourselves, the same exact. Which is uh, the, which is where the, this is the glory is there. That's the glory. That's the diamonds, bro, because you get to watch the reactions. So it's yeah. one thing to listen, but it, yeah. we're doing it so you can see. So if you want to see our weird reactions and whatnot, uh, you can get us on YouTube and just look for The Tapu 2. Nick and Herb. Hey mean bro i'm always in it to see what kind of hat you got on yeah i've run out of hats now <laughs> uh, so it all depends on what kind of day i'm having yeah it's funny i wear the same hat bro every time i'm recording i'm like yeah yeah chuck it on <laughs> a te wananga or aotearoa hat that's it's a nice it's yeah, a nice fit it's in there um mean bro well, brother yes sir it's been two hours how good doesn't feel like it doesn't nah. feel like it at all I've I've really enjoyed our yarns today. We've gone all over the place with it, but that's the <laughs> that's the glory of these conversations, man. And I think it's only rest to be honest with you. It's only been in the last few weeks of recordings where I've really, not even through me, just through the conversations I've been having, it switched from not just deep dives into your life, which we've had, bro. And thank you for sharing your stories, but it switched back to the original design of this podcast, which is just Talanoa about whatever, corridors about whatever. Um, fantastic so thanks for participating <laughs> but thank you for sharing your heart bro and um being willing to to court it all you know really appreciate you bro thank you for the the invite and and just being able to sit down and have a talk with me bro i appreciate that much love man love Good